7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Good evening. That is me, Tabiso Musia. Welcome to the show. Loyolom Kalipi is the producer and Babalom Duma is in technical with us this evening. It is a Tuesday, so we are talking careers in sport as we try and highlight the various careers within the sporting industry for those who have the passion for sport but could not be professional athletes, including myself. That's why I ended up behind the mic. Tonight, we will speak to Tennis SA Development Officer Manager Mpo Makoba. Ms. Makoba from Attridgeville is the first female official to receive an international qualification under the Joint Certification Program run by the I uh, International Tennis Federation as well as the WTA. She's also the only the fourth South African woman to achieve an international Chief of Umpires qualification. And on Friday, she won two awards at the prestigious G-Sport for Girls Awards ceremony i was there on a friday night and she was one of the popular winners so she'll speak to us shortly the bigger conversation will be around boxing will be about boxing there was a fight on saturday night at emperor's palace where tommy gunn ostays and beat tabisom kuno on points to claim the abu cruiserweight uh, title uh, you might remember that on friday we spoke to both boxers ahead of the fight sadly though um it has been overshadowed by controversy with many many people who watched the fight saying that the result was daylight robbery. Even Tabisom Kunu spoke to the media immediately afterwards afterwards to say that he was robbed and many seem to share the same sentiments so we will speak to Tabisom Kunu his trainer Sean Smith as well as the promoter Rodney Berman to find out if he's aware of this widespread unhappiness from the boxing community and we'll also get the views of a journalist who was at Emperor's Palace on Saturday night watching the fight and to highlight how serious this matter is let me read you an excerpt from respected boxing journalist Bongani Makasela who wrote in Monday's edition of the Soweto newspaper writing that some South African boxing judges are so appalling in their scoring that it is like they go into some matches with their minds already made up. Their arrogance has, has superseded their judgment and many years in boxing suggest that they are rusty and need to be reminded of the basics of scoring around. If you watch that fight, lines are open 0891104207. Tell us how you think you saw it. Do you agree with those who say that Tabisom Kuno was robbed? Our SMS number is 40938. Our WhatsApp number is 0614104107. We take voice notes also on WhatsApp 0614104107. And you can just hashtag SAFM Spot On on Twitter. I am at Tabisom Musia on Twitter and it's at SAFM Radio. But first up, we're going to talk careers in sport with Ms. Mpo Makoba, Tennis SA Development Manager. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So it is careers in sport. That's our feature every Tuesday. And uh, we are talking at tennis now with Tennis SA Development Manager Mpoma Koba, who joins us on the line. Mpo, a very good evening to you. And thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, Taviso, and good evening to the listeners. I was at the G-Sport Awards on Friday night. You were a popular winner of two categories, Volunteer of the Year, Special Recognition Award uh, for your unequal spirit and tireless work, which is steadily building development of South African tennis. I, I could see you were overwhelmed on stage. How are you feeling now a couple of days later? Um, yeah, Friday it was it was an overwhelming day, and uh, you know I'm still I'm still in cloud nine because of on Sunday I got another one from uh, Houting Sports. Sports awards, yes. I'm still trying I'm still trying to come down to earth. 
<laughs> well, it is well deserved. You can stay on cloud nine for as long as you want, Umpo. But tell us about your work. It's funny because we wanted to speak to you last week before all these awards came. And I think it's worked out perfectly now that after the awards. Um, tell us about your work firstly as a development officer, a manager at Tennis SA. What does it actually entail? Uh, basically, it uh, entails us uh, trying to make sure that we, we bring tennis to uh, the areas that it, it has never seen tennis before, like your townships, your rural areas, uh, taking it to the schools, your primary schools, your lower primary schools, introducing it to the areas that uh, has never played tennis before. So it's basically basically uh, starting a new thing from the beginning, as we all know that the most popular sports are your netball and your soccer. And when you come to sporting courts like your tennis and uh, hockey, it's a bit difficult for a township uh, kid to actually pick it up very quickly. Mm. Firstly, it's expensive. Secondly, you know, it's not, it's not that popular. You never see a whole lot of people playing those type of sports. So my duty is to take it to the, to the nation and introduce it to the nation and make sure that our kids get the exposure of uh, playing different types of sporting courts. But you must be succeeding if you're winning all these awards. I mean, um, are you happy with what you've done so far? Yeah, so far I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm not there yet, but uh, I'm getting there. I'm happy with what I've done so far. Mm. Now we actually called you to talk about your officiating. I mentioned earlier you are the fourth South African woman to achieve an international chief of umpires qualification. Um, how do you get such a qualification, and what does it actually mean? Um, you know, you start first with uh, with your basic um, uh, qualification, which is your level one, where you you learn to become a line empire and also a court monitor. Court monitor meaning uh, you you empiring like four courts at the same time, but you're roving around from outside, so checking if there's any queries. Players keep their own scores. If there's any queries, then you hop on court and you you resolve the matter. And uh, calling lines like your Davis Cup matches. Then from there, you need to get uh, like 76% per section, the seven sections in, in your question paper. So if you fail one, you failed. So you need to get 75, 76 in all of them. Then from there, you need to do a couple of, couple of tournaments in order to be recognized to go to doing level two. Your level two entails you can choose or you can decide to go to take both of them. Either you do chair empiring which is those guys that sit on a chair and keep scores for the players, or you become a referee where you deal with uh, paperwork, doing the draws, uh, doing the order of plays, uh, saying who's playing, who, where, and what time. And um, from that level, you need you need uh, probably couple, a couple of years in terms of uh, uh, getting, getting more matches and getting exposure. Then from there, you start doing your international level, which is your white badge level. Uh, you can also there decide to take referee or chair empiring, but it's more detailed. So that's where things start getting a bit complicated and a bit tough. Because at that level, you can even start doing your Wimbledon tournament. You can start doing your USA, US Open tournament. Then uh, from there, you need to move on to your bronze level, uh, where it, 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 it's also more complicated than, than anything else. And uh, you need uh, you need uh, to actually pass it more like everything on your in distinctions, and then from there you do your silver badge, which is where I am. So my last result will be the gold badge after this one. So everything else you've mentioned, you've done. I've done it, yes. Oh, wow. Congratulations. I also mentioned that you're the first female official to receive an international qualification under the joint certification program run by the ITF and the WTA. What does that one mean? Um, most of the, most of the time when you're looking into, especially tennis officiating, 
uh, it's mostly male male dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you go into into these courses, I'll talk about the course that I've done. Uh, the course that I've done, the silver badge was done in Morocco, and uh, I happen to be the only female in the entire class. So it's uh, students from different countries. We all come together and then we attend the courses. And you could see from there that you know it's actually difficult for any female to want to move up. For example, we've got some of the of our South African females that have done level one. And you can see that they're good, they've got the potential. And you say to them, you know what, there's an opportunity for you to go and do your level two. And they'll tell you I'm comfortable where I am. Uh. They're not challenging themselves enough to want to, to do better. So it is, it, is, it, is, it is a bit difficult, especially when you walk in and you find it's only male in the class or it's only male at the tournament and you have to sit on that chair or you, the referee, they have to actually come and report to you. It's, it, it, you, you need to look at it in terms of there is no gender base. This is, this is sports. And in sports, there's no male, there's no female. Yes, we understand there are categories of male and female. But when it comes to duties, I mean, we are equal. That's why we. That's why. That's the reason why we all in the same boat. So at the moment, Mpo, are you officiating? Do you are you using your qualifications? Yes, I am. I am officiating. Uh, my last tournament that I did was uh, the Davis Cup between South Africa and Israel um, at uh, at Irene. Unfortunately, South Africa we lost that one, but. Um, I am definitely using my qualifications. And uh, what I also like doing is, um, you know, plowing back to the community and also mm. doing the junior tournaments, your mini-series. It doesn't mean because of you now an international level official, you don't need to go back and assist the other ones that are, that are still beginning or at least show them what it's like, how they're supposed to answer, they're supposed to conduct themselves. So I do quite a number of uh, junior tournaments from mini-series up until your national tournaments. Is this something that one can do as a full-time job? Yes, definitely. You can take it up as a, as a full-time job. We've got uh, quite a number of officials that are, that are actually full-time officials. They're doing absolute nothing. All that they do is uh, travel around and do, uh, do matches. Uh, you'll find them that this week they're in U.S. Open. The following week they're doing Roehampton. The other week they're doing the other tournament. So it's just a, a matter of you believing in a, in a suitcase if you decide to take this as a, as a career. And you, is that the long-term plan for you? Yeah, I mean, this is something that I love. This is, uh, this is, this is my passion. I mean, when I, when I started playing tennis, um, I, I knew from, the, from day one that this is, this is, this is where, where I'm destined to be. So, you know, if, if the call comes saying, you know, I need to do certain, certain tournaments somewhere, yes, definitely, I will do that. Where and when did you fall in love with the sport of tennis in Pomakoba? I started falling in love when I was in higher primary. Um, started by playing junior tournaments uh, with the school, but uh, the school had that difficult rules where when you scratch a racket, you need to pay 50 bucks. And you ask yourself every time when you play, you are bound to scratch your racket. So that's where it started. So I stopped for a year because of I couldn't, I couldn't, my family couldn't afford to buy me my own racket. So I couldn't use the school's racket because they were paying 50 bucks every, every day I used the racket. So I stopped for a year up until they can gather enough money to buy, to buy me a racket. Then I went back, started playing, but due to ill health, I couldn't reach the stages that I wanted to reach because um, I am basically have a heart problem. I'm asthmatic. I've got uh, convulsions, and it's a mixture of uh, things that you don't want as a player. So I decided, you know, this is what I love, and I'm not going to let anything stand in my way, including fitness. So 
I decided to branch out into officiating and look more into still staying within the sport but doing something else that will still keep me in the in the love for, for the game. So that's when I started uh, officiating. You're obviously following the US Open. There was controversy last week when an umpire gave Nikirios a pep talk. What was your reaction to that? Do the rules even allow that? No, you know, you can give a, give a player a pep talk but not getting off the chair. So you you know you sit you sit on that empire chair during the changeover you just lean next to to your chair where the player is sitting and just have a conversation with the player. But getting off the empire chair, you know, we we understand somewhere they say you're an official, but you also need to be human. But it, I don't think it was necessarily for for the for the empire to actually get off the chair. Okay, I was really shocked by that. Finally, we use this lot to educate young people about the different careers within sport. What message do you have for the young ones, those that are looking to play the game firstly? Is there hope if you are a South African tennis player to make a career out of this? Um, I would say to all those players that, you know, don't look at uh, any type of uh, sporting code as a, as, as a sport and saying it's a hobby. Take it seriously. Set yourself a goal. Stick to that goal. Believe in yourself. And don't let anyone else distract you in whatever that you fo- your focus is. If your 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 goal for the year is to fit in a skinny jean at the end of the day of the year, well, it's a goal. So you need to make sure that you you stick to that goal and uh, make sure that you follow your dreams. What about officiating? Does the sport need more Mpoma Cobas? They definitely. We don't have enough females, especially those ladies that are out there. We need uh, more ladies that are committed, more ladies that really want to take this further. Uh, there's actually in the entire country there's only two female international officials, and uh, to saying that it's actually scary because uh, we're talking nine provinces. We should be having more of the females. So if there's anyone that wants to take up officiating, they are more than welcome to contact me, and we'll make sure that they get into into the right uh, right channels of becoming an official. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Mpoma Koba, for finding time to speak to us. Congratulations on all your awards. It was a wonderful weekend uh, for you, uh, definitely. And I liked how you brought the kids also to the Gisport Awards to come and share this moment with you. And I really, really wish you all the best going forward and keep us updated with all the work that you do. Thanks a lot. We'll do so. Thank you. And you can find her. She's at Tennis South Africa if you need more information about officiating. Uh, she works there as a tennis SA development manager. That is Umpo Makoba doing some wonderful, wonderful work. Um, up next, we're going to talk boxing, that big controversial uh, result of the Tommy Ostazen and Tabisom Kunu fight. At SAFM Radio and at Tabisom Musia on Twitter. Let's talk boxing now. Lines opened if you watch Tommy Gunn versus Tabisom Kunu 891 SMS 40938, And we already have reaction even before we got into the conversation. Tommy Gunn's comeback win over Umkunu has been overshadowed by controversy. A boxing community not happy. Many people believing that Umkunu was robbed. And we will talk to all the parties. But first, let's speak to sports journalist uh, Trevor Kramer. Trevor, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Great pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. You were at the fight, Trevor. Are you always at the boxing tournament? Is the outrage justified for this one? Well, it's difficult to gauge whether the outrage is justified. And by saying robbed, it might be a little bit of a harsh term. But uh, in my opinion, and uh, knowing uh, the scoring system as I do and how you're supposed to score a boxing fight... Uh, I had Nkunu clear by about two points at the, the end of the fight. I think it revolves around how we look at the 
what the judge's task is when he's watching a boxing fight. We know that each fighter starts with 10 points. If there are no knockdowns, unless a fighter is completely dominated around, uh, the opponent will lose one of his points. Uh, there's a knockdown rule. There's uh, uh, the outclassed rule. There are there are six basic principles to judging, basically, Tabiso. And uh, in my humble opinion, I'm not sure that uh, the judges were quite on top of all six of these criteria in this uh, particular fight. And I think the controversy for me started in the opening stanza of four rounds because Mm -hmm. uh, you know that uh, with the ABU rules and probably the IBO and a few of the sanctioning bodies, the scores are actually announced after each four-round segment of a fight. Mm. So basically in the first segment, um, I think that is where Mkunu probably dominated the most uh, in the entire fight. There were a lot of close rounds. And... uh, I think in that first segment of the fight, I was really baffled and I was looking around at my colleagues and we were staring at one another in dismay. Mkunu never won a round in one of the judges' scorecards in those first four rounds when it actually dominated. One judge had the scoring level and uh, another judge uh, had a one-point margin, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, I was very perplexed and puzzled and I think Mkunu did enough to win the fight and I... I was scoring according to the scoring criteria that judges are given. And in my humble belief, I think Nkunu definitely won the fight by a minimum of two points. And I don't think Tommy Wirsthuizen actually did enough. Well, after four rounds, they scored it 39-37. The one judge, the other 40-36, both in favor of Orsteisen. And the other one, as you said, it was 38-38. Now, how then could the judges have seen this differently, uh, Trevor, to to almost everybody else that was there? Look, uh, we, we're not going to stray away from the fact that it was a close fight. Uh, it could have gone either way. But uh, I think uh, in terms of uh, as of the fight as a whole, uh, I found Nkunu to be more aggressive. I found his punch ratio to be uh, pretty much higher. He was getting on the inside of Tommy. And um, Tommy, I found, was scoring towards the end of most of the rounds. This is after round four. And uh, I think maybe those scoring punches which come towards the end of the round could be a factor that the judges see. But we've also got to understand um, uh, from a neutral perspective, when a judge is watching a fight, um, he's seeing it from a different angle. So the scoring punches that might take place at one side of the ring, a certain judge might necessarily see, and a scoring punch in in, in another area of the ring, a judge might not see. But... uh, I'm intending to lean towards the fact that, um, although it might be a little bit harsh to say he was robbed, I would say that Nkunu did enough to win that fight. And uh, my feeling is is that the Smith camp uh, uh, were justified in in assuming that uh, they were robbed. Well, the boxer did say it himself uh, after the fight that he was robbed. Trevor, we've heard of many hometown decisions in boxing. Uh, was Was this one of those? I wouldn't exactly call it a hometown decision, but uh, I think um, if we've got to be brutally honest with one another, um, matchmaking and and, and boxing promotions are about super fights, they're about uh, money-spinning fights, um, they're about meal tickets, let's be honest with one another. And uh, 
I think uh, somehow there's a leaning towards trying to um, get a super fight kind of matchup scenario between Tommy Wurstazen and, uh, of course, Kevin Lorena, who's injured at the moment and who's nursing an injury. And maybe that's the ultimate objective. But I'm not insinuating that judges are influenced in any way whatsoever. Mm. But we saw Golovkin and um, Canelo. Uh, and, and Canelo. That, that was a serious yeah. hometown robbery. I can take you back to Tony Lopez. Pez and Brian Mitchell back in Sacramento oh, in yes. the early days. Hometown decisions are, are, are they happen, and uh, unfortunately, or well, even um, Reino Liebenberg, who put up a superb showing on Saturday night, yeah. Reino Liebenberg had to encounter with a uh, hometown decision when he went to Germany, where a referee stopped a fight on cuts, uh, which wasn't necessarily the case and shouldn't have been. So, um, hometown decision, I'm not going to put my head on a block and say yes to that, but. Uh, I have issues with the way the judges scored the fight. And is it is this common in boxing in, in South Africa? It's not the first time we've had to address an issue like this. From your experience, is it, is it, does it happen quite often where maybe the people don't agree with the results? I think um, uh, you've got to see it this way, Tabiso, and um, I, I mentioned it to a colleague when we were discussing it. There are things called bo- uh, people called boxing fans. Yeah. I can go to a fight and I can be a Tabiso Mkunu fan. I can go to a fight and I can be a Tommy Oosthuizen fan. So being a fan, you tend to be a little bit blinkered in your approach and the way you see the fight. Yeah. If you're a Tommy fan, you're going to lean towards Tommy winning a fight. If you're a Tabiso Mkunu fan, you're going to lean towards Tabiso Mkunu. But I can tell you, after the debacle in those first four rounds where one of the judges never scored a single round in favor of Mkunu, that uh, auditorium was was absolutely littered with boos and jeers. You could actually hear how angry the crowd was. There were a couple after the fight. Um, so it's probably a matter of how someone sees it and which way they're leaning towards if you really want to look at hometown decisions or, or boxes being robbed. But uh, I can say in the last 12 months, I have seen some atrocious decision by South African boxing judges. Trevor Kramer, thank you very much for your honesty. A sports journalist and consultant there, Trevor Kramer, giving us his views on the fight. Thank you, Trevor. Before I go to the boxer, Tabiso Mkunu, who's holding on, let me read that article that was in the Sowetan on Monday by a respected boxing journalist, Mr. Bongani Makasela, who also works for the SAPC. And he says that some South African boxing judges are so appalling in their scoring that it is like they go into some matches with their minds already made up. Their arrogance has superseded their judgment and many years in boxing suggest that they are rusty and need to be reminded of the basics of scoring a round. Their dubious scoring was at play on Saturday night during the bout between Tabisom Kunu and Thomas Osteisen, where two judges voted Osteisen as the winner. After 12th round, their colleagues scored it, uh, scored it a draw. The basic four pillars of scoring a round are effective aggression, ring generalship and defense, hard and clean punches, Ostazen did not tick even one of them. Mkunu was the aggressor, defended himself well because no punches came his way and he landed a few but hard and clean punches. So he is not mincing his words here, Ubongani Makasela. And this was in the paper that was published in the Sovietan on a Monday. And let's hear now from the boxer Otabiso Mkunu. How does he feel? Take nothing away from Tommy Gunn, Ostazen. Um, he probably did what he needed to do, uh, but we have to address the matter here where most of the boxing community is not happy we've got the boxer utabisom kunu on the line the rock good evening thank you very much for joining us again on safm uh, good, good evening
same man how are you fine thanks man how are you feeling a few days after the fight how are the emotions because i know that you were not happy after the fight yeah man i wasn't happy but it's part of the start i've been in the situation as a kid as an image i spoke to my dad just reminded me that i've been in that kind of situation it's the kind of in boxing so just graduated it and yeah, but um, I'm alive. I'm feeling alive. Mm. When you say it's part of the sport, yeah. what do you what do you mean exactly? I mean, these things happen in boxing. You get these kind of decisions like this, where judges choose who who think they won the fight. And yeah, man, I can't say I can't I can't be, I can't I can't blame Tommy's camp or Tommy's trainer. They did what they had to do, and if they believe or they feel they won the fight. That's not wrong for them to 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 to, to believe in that, and that I also feel that we did enough to win the fight. But at the end of the day, it's all up to the judges. Mm. You said it immediately after the fight that you were robbed. Do you still stand by that? You still believe that you were robbed? Yeah, I believe. I believe I won the fight. Even even the journalists are saying you were robbed, Tabi. So everyone seems to have seen it. Does that hurt even more? Yeah, man, it does because we work so much, we, we work so hard, we put so much work and we sacrifice a lot of things. But then at the end of the day, if you get uh, kind of judges like that, you just, you just seem to like, I don't know whether they went to the fight already knowing that we must get a decision or they are inexperienced or they don't know nothing about judging. So, yeah, it hurts. Mm. And um, is there anything you think you could have done differently in the fight when you look back? Uh, not really, man. I believe I won. I won like most of the rounds, like clean nine rounds. I believe I won clean nine rounds. So I, I wouldn't like blame myself and say maybe I would have done this because I did. I did more than enough to win the fight. If I was fighting in America, I would have won that fight unanimous decision. Does a decision like so, this, yeah? So now fighting here in South Africa, and you get decision like that, so. It's just like not good for the sport, man. Does it demoralize you a decision like this, Tabison Kuno? Yeah, I'll say, man, it's 50 50 because, as I said, my dad told me he's been in this kind of situation before. So, obviously, yes, it does because now I'm still standing where I was or I've gone one step backwards instead of me being two steps two step ahead. So now I'm I'm like one step because again because of the poor judging. Would you be keen on a rematch or do you now not trust what will happen next? Where do you stand here? I don't mind the rematch, but as long as the they're gonna change those judges, eh? Mm, you as long as they're gonna change the judges. You think with different judges you might have a better chance? Yeah, maybe. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you might have a better chance with different judges. Have you seen some of the comments on social media where a lot of people agree with what you what what you are saying here? And what do you make of what people are saying? Yeah, I mean, I've had people calling me, telling me that uh, I fought better. They haven't seen me fighting like that. That was one of my best performances. They've, they've known me as a boxer, so they've also hurt and thinking that you lost the decision like that. When uh, she has given all your performance, your best performance, and uh, three judges that decide now, including in the side, also ahead. Yeah, and and what's next now? What's I, wish the- the, I wish maybe there was a way. If the judges are wrong, they found guilty of like 
being scoring the fight wrongly, they get punished for it. Mm. Is it the first time you come across a, a, a situation like this or a decision like this in your own career? Yeah. As an amateur, I, uh, it's not my first time, but as a pro, it's my first time. And a, and a lot of people, you actually write, a lot of people are saying that was the best that they've seen you fight in a very long time. Some are saying we're not even his fans. Some are saying that, but I've never seen him fight like this. Uh, do you also agree that that was one of your best fights? Yes, it was one of my best performances as a professional. Because I was fighting and I was fighting a good boxer. So, using that performance like that, so it really shows that I was so hard for the fight. Mm. I wasn't fighting anyone else because I was fighting a summer white champion. Uh, for such a guy who can box and not boxing with skills, so and getting judges like that, they even give you a round. Well, let me read you some comments. Tony on Facebook says, Mtunu, I was robbed. He was a clear winner of that fight. I watched it and there was no such decision. Somebody saying golden gloves in their tournaments. There is always controversy. Why is that still uh, happening? Uh, there's another tweet that I wanted to read here from Akaya who also says that uh, I watched the fight and I believe that Utabi Mtunu uh, did enough uh, to win that fight. He actually did more than enough uh, to win uh, that fight. That's what Ukaya Tegwane says here on a social media what's next for you now the rock uh no man i'm not too sure they're speaking of uh of a rematch but nothing has been confirmed yet oh, right now i don't know i'm just chilling with my family okay man no we just wanted to find out how you're feeling we're going to speak to your trainer up next and we'll also speak to the promoter rodney berman to get his thoughts and if you ever if you've watched the fight on saturday night please 891 sms 40938 whatsapp 0614104107 you can send a voice note hashtag safm spot on i also watched the fight i actually watched it three times because i even recorded it but i don't want to give my views here it's not about me i think a lot of people have spoken here and we'll speak uh, to the trainer up next call tabiso now 0891-104-207. let's now speak to tabiso mkuru's trainer sean smith um, from the smith's gym in four ways who also joins us on the line uh, sean good evening and thank you for your time yeah thanks so much good evening what was the camp's reaction to the result um yeah obviously i was a little bit uh, taken back i was a bit surprised you know, um, especially even after like the first four rounds, I thought we on 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 route to a comfortable win, and then they announced the, the the scoring after the first four rounds. It was all four rounds, you know, like against the Bisa. So obviously, you know, like during like the fight, you, you try and change like the game plan and say, listen, doesn't look like. Uh, the judges like what they're seeing. We need to maybe change things up, be a lot more aggressive. And towards the, like the end of the round, towards the last few rounds, I feel like I said, listen, you, you, you actually need to go for the knockout because, you know, things aren't looking great. So, yeah, it's very surprised. I'll be honest, maybe I was reading it wrong, ringside. You know, like actually, and then they start to watch like the fight on TV. It, it, it was pretty close. But I mean, you know, like like I said, I've been with the Bisa overseas and we've won decisions like that without hardly losing, dropping, you know, like a round or two. So I was quite surprised, you know. Mm. Um, how do you lift your boxer after this? Um, yeah, obviously, like, you know, that's my job, you know, you know as a mentor, 
you know, like you have to look at things, you know, and 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 try and help him understand. Uh, maybe it's not the end of the world. You can see things like this negatively, or or you can try and turn it around and say, what 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 can we do next? You know, as an athlete to improve and say, you know what, maybe if the Bisa does want to go overseas and he does want to win overseas, maybe like you know, like to leave it like that. Um. You know, like where there could be decisions that could work against you. You know, like now, like I said, him. Let's let's use this to turn around, help you to be win locally, internationally. Like you know, if you want to go for big titles, so I said let's let's rather see it as an opportunity, like you know, like to be better, so that hopefully, you know, if, like like he gets a big shot overseas that that he can convert convincingly. Is there a rematch clause in the contract? Would you be keen on a rematch? Uh, yeah, we've been. I've been speaking out to Rodney Berman. You know, there was a lot of speculation about the Kevin Arena part. You know, he's injured. He's going to be out for at least another six months. I said to them, while everyone's talking other stuff, I said to Rodney, December is a big show, and um, I said we'd we'd love to do like a rematch. You know, like we'll beat him again. <laughs> well, talking about Kevin Larina, um, many say this was bound to happen because uh, Kevin and, and 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 Tommy is seen as the blockbuster here. It was even announced before the fight that the winner will face Kevin Larina here. Do you think there was more than than meets the eye? Actually, mm, like I, like I wouldn't really say that. You know, like honestly, because um, Kevin Larina, Tommy Guns come out of almost a year and a half layoff, you know, for Kevin to risk, a, you know, like a fight against Tommy Wurstazen, who's, who's, who's been out of, who's been inactive, just to give him a shot. And, you know, if anything does go wrong for him, it's, you know, like the risk is not worth it for him. So, I mean, you know, like for Rodney, Rodney could be able to get huge, huge international, like uh, exposure, like for Kevin, you know, to, to risk it against someone like Tommy Wurstazen who can spoil, spoil like, you know, the mm. party could, could uh, devalue Kevin's share greatly. So I wouldn't say it was, you know, like any foul play, like, you know, like on, you know, like on that side of, you know, like, you know, but I mean... Yeah, you know, like I said, there's lots of cruiserweights like you know, like to fight out there, and uh, honestly, and um, all, all, all big ups uh, to Tommy Wurstazen. You know, like to come out of a lo- like a long layoff like that, he really did fight well. You know, like I actually didn't expect him like, to be as as a condition as he was, and so relaxed in in the ring. So you know, big up to him for like you know, like a good performance. And like I said, let's 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 do it again. I think like the fans want to see it. Yeah. You don't often get uh, big shows like this where you know, like the fans actually are going to like a rematch. Yeah. That's like the thing. You can see it negatively, or otherwise you can turn around and say, "Hey, well, this is an opportunity like to get like the buy-in of the fans, get a rematch." And yeah, so you know, it's a great story. Hopefully, we're able like to turn it around. 
Are there, are there any other options though that you can pursue to get the, the scoring can pursue to get the scoring reviewed or is the rematch the only option or you're not even considering those you just want a rematch yeah you know what it's it's happening like now like the sports before and they say the referee the season's full and final you know so it's very hard to you know like to try and make a noise and uh, I'm not a bad loser mm. I hate losing but if we lose, you know, I can walk away and say like we lost to like a better fighter. I believe Tabisa won. Tabisa was like the better boxer of the night. You know, he landed the cleaner, more, uh, the, like the more telling blows. Obviously, you know, when you're in the ring with a guy like that who has that speed, you have to be sort of um, smart, you know, like the way like you beat him. Yeah. You're not going to beat him on speed, work rate. Obviously, he's like you know, like a light heavy, so he's got that speed and like a movement. So the way Tabisa handled it was great. Be happy, but you know, like I think in a rematch, I think like Tabisa is able like to turn it around. And, you know, that's what the, like the sport needs. Why well, just walk away on this and and uh, leave it like that, open ended, in Finally, before we go to the calls, I mean, now we're talking about the controversies overshadowed the bout. Uh, what harm does it do to the sport of boxing? Results like this. Um, I think, you know what, it's just that I think, you know, like you need to know and understand when, when like you're going to a bout. I think like a boxer needs, you know, like a, a fair understanding of what is expected. Because some people say, yeah, it was very close. Other people say to be for Walker like a like an outright winner. So now like in sports like this, you know, if like you go to like a Miss World, who decides who's the most beautiful woman in the world, you know, like yeah, it's the beauty in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, in sports like this you do have that human error. But um yeah, you know, you know, like I said, you know, that's just like part of the sport. I don't think it does the sport much more like the athlete because obviously now it slows you like you know you're regressing your ratings you're regressing your earnings you regress in a long way it's a lot of hard work you know this is what the guys are can learn solely like for income so it hurts you know it hurts the guys you know you know if you win you want to win you know you deserve your winning you want to move internationally and try and make you know um, bigger money so it, it, it hurts like the box but also leaves like you know the fans a little bit confused as to w- what you're looking for in about who should win, how you should win it. Mm-hmm. It leaves even me confused. You know, you ask yourself, you said, like, am I reading? Am I reading things wrong? You know, but I feel like you have to. This happens in sport, and hopefully, like a thing like a rematch could rectify the wrongs or show like who was a real winner, like you know, like the first time. Hopefully, like a rematch can like, give us some closure. Yeah. Okay, great stuff, Sean. Thank you for joining us on SAFM and uh, thank you for speaking on uh, this matter. Thank you. Sean Smith from the Smiths Gym in Fourway. So many people have called us. Let's start with Archie in Valcom. Archie, good evening. What's your comment? My comment is, good evening to you all. My comment is, number one, this is not the first time it happens. Boxing South Africa has got an experience of this uh, issue whereby it was some, somewhere in the free state there was that uh, mini, uh, mini controversy. Mm. And secondly, 
This guy does not have to request for even for a, a rematch. He just has to give a ring to boxing South Africa. And then South Africa just, I mean, I mean should, for example, should Dr. Ngatani receive this? He'll call his board and they will review this. And under understand Christo de Lowe, we've done the whole thing where we even said, okay, let's now go for a, a neutral venue. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, the result was, uh, was uh, I mean, otherwise. It proved that now the, the, the guy we, who, the referee, the, the judge said he was a loser. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, he had won. Another thing is that now it's not difficult to check if now the third judges communicate, how they communicate, I mean, they communicated because. If you go there and there's just a person who's going to watch boxing, just if you, you are not sure of issues, just watch half the, I mean, the, the fight mm. and watch, watch half the movements of the judges. Their yeah. eyesight, the way they go towards the side, the response coming from the other judge, you, you'll simply get a, your, 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 I mean, your result there as to say something mm. is happening there, despite the fact that when they come, they sleep alone, they eat alone, they are at their place alone. I'm not saying they discuss those things there, but if you start complaining, it's where you make a reverse and say, where did you start? But this one... Is this I'm the action that I think it South is? South Africa will simply say, okay, they'll just give a, 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 a fight a, a, a date and then they'll say take replay okay is this the action that I think it is the former boxing South Africa okay <laughs> Mr. Achi Nyingwa thank you very much for joining us good to hear from you sir Ronnie in Zierast hello 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 how are you sir fine thanks Ronnie did you see the fight yeah thank you thank you yes I'm, I want to have a fight oh I'm so uh, unfortunately yes I saw that fight yes I want to 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 I confirm what the uh, the the previous caller said yeah. that how about the review? How mm. about our referees? We have a review panel like FIFA has applied those laws as to actually I saw that fight. Then you still remember what the Hammer Fulbright? What happened with the Hammer Fulbright? The Hammer Fulbright mm. with the Moraki. Jacob Moraki. <laughs> Yes, yes, in the in the eighties. Yeah, no, and, and so so you agreed was a daylight robbery. We thought, okay, yes, but now where is boxing South Africa taking us? Yeah, well, um, another view that says it was a daylight robbery. Musa in Centurion. Good evening. Hi, Musa. Musa, are you there? Okay, we don't have. Yeah, I remember. Oh, okay, Musa, go ahead. Did you see the fight? Yeah, I, it's, it's just appalling, member. It's uh, <laughs> just look at the, even the highlights. You can't you can't see a single shot from from Utobigan mm. just by looking at the highlights. And the sad thing is that I mean, legends are built on numbers, member. Yes, the yes. record will read that they who lost the fight, but it's just it's just a daylight robbery if there's ever such. Thanks, Musa. Well, well I yeah, watched it three times. I watched it three uh, times that fight, and I also saw the same yeah, thing. And, and the, the problem is that the rematch will, will not help. They'll, they'll just find another way, and the record will still read with Mkunu lost. Yeah, Jew in PE. Who's this? CI in PE. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you, thank you, member. Um, I think, I think, I think everyone in South Africa who watched the fight uh, knows that Mkunu was robbed. 
it was daylight robbery. Although the the the, the match was at night, but it was daylight robbery. And 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 secondly, um, I'm I'm worried that he, he, the golden golden gloves um bills have have this tendency of 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 epochs that are being robbed because this is not the first time. Remember when when Umaluleka fought Uldamini, the same thing happened. Everyone knew that Umaluleka won the fight, clean food. Yeah. But but again, epochs are that 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 favors that or that that is signed by Urod Nipemen. I'm sorry to mention that name, but Urod Nipemen won. And 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 I'm I'm thinking that in this fight of Mtuno, it was it was it was a ploy so that Utomikan can face Kevin Lerena. I I think that that was the ploy even before the fight happened. I remember even they, last they, they year, see, even last year there was controversy with Yuri Kalenga um, also uh, fighting Kevin Lerena. And I know the promoter, the Irish promoter Gary Hyde was so upset with the decision saying he'll never bring his boxers to South Africa again. Uh, and this is creating a bad image for the sport in South Africa. That, that, that's exactly my point. And, and also, I think, I think the, the, the two things should be done. A review should be done and also a rematch we do want a rematch because we want umtunu to show to show Oh, sorry, Sia, we seem to have lost you there. But we do have Rodney Berman on the line, the promoter. Rodney, Golden Gloves, good evening. Thank you for joining us. So much negativity surrounding... Thanks, Rodney. So much negativity that is surrounding this fight. Um, what do you make of, 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 the, of the negativity? Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't hear all the comments. But you know, the reality is, let me start off by saying, because it was a controversial decision... Uh, if you talk to one section of the crowd, they would have thought Ursaisen won. The other guys would have thought that uh, Tabisa won. But, you know, to put it in this perspective, and um, it calls for a rematch, but to put it in this perspective, at the end of the day, there were two excellent fighters in that ring. So one hand wasn't raised, but let me tell you what I have done. Because of the controversy... And I think from, from both camps' point of view, yeah, the, the fight definitely calls for a rematch. I've already spoken to Tabiso and his camp. They've already signed a contract. I'm seeing Tommy Hustazen's manager on Thursday morning. That's Harold Fulbrecht. He's a very reasonable guy, and I'm not expecting any problems. So the good news for South African fans is that let's get it on on the 8th of December and um, hopefully it will right itself and it will be uh, whoever wins will be without controversy. And incidentally, that fight will be on the undercard of uh, Mbengi's defense of his title. He fights a guy called Miguel Vasquez from Mexico. So for the fans on TV, it is there. It's going to be an outstanding, another outstanding night of boxing. So would but you the, would you say these comments the, are justified? Sorry the, oh, sorry. The, the rematch, I will see that it takes place. So would you say these comments of the majority are justified and are valid, uh, Rodney Berman? You, you know, um, of course, it's justified because why it's justified, I'm, I, I'm a very bad scorer, incidentally, and I don't watch the whole fight. But the, the voice of the people has to justify it. Now, South African public, the, the sporting public, are very, very fair. 
and I have always valued that in South Africans. It doesn't matter if it is. I just want to see a fair result. So in answering you, if there is a voice that feels so strongly that it was a bad decision, then obviously then that speaks for itself. And that's why I will go to these lengths to have a rematch because I don't want to have any controversy or bad blood. Yeah. What about suggestions that uh, you were trying to set up a Lorena Ostazen fight? No, that's, you know what, I, I, I don't want to answer those kind of things because it's all fanciful and I've had it for the last, for my whole career. People make silly remarks, they don't know the background and as it so happens, and, and I'm telling you, that yeah. I doubt very much whether an Urstais and Arena fight would ever, and to answer you very simply, yeah. if that was what I was trying to set up, why would I go so strongly to get a rematch? So people are actually vile that yeah. come with these ridiculous remarks and they don't even know the background because the answer to all those people who, who um, you know, perpetrate these rumors is let them put their, their brains together and work out why I would do a rematch. Some are, say, are questioning your credibility now, saying most of your fights are controversial. How do you respond to this? Does it concern you? No, because again, where's my fights controversial? Was Mbengi's win when he won the world title controversial? Was um, um, Conco's wins when he won controversial? You know what? I, I take it from whence it comes. It's very stupid people that make those stupid remarks. Mm. Will you change the judges for the rematch? I don't pick the judges. It's got nothing to do with me. Mm. It's totally out of my control. I don't even know who the judges are. Mm. So it's another fanciful thing for all these people that come with these stupid remarks. Uh, it's totally out of my hands who the officials are. That's done uh, totally by Boxing South Africa. I wouldn't know who they were. Okay, Rodney Behrman, thank you very much for, uh, for, for, for speaking to us and Pleasure. not hiding and coming on air to uh, speak to us and give your view. And you've confirmed that the rematch is going to happen on the 8th of December. Well, if, if Fulbright uh, agrees, but I am sure that he will agree. You know, I'm going to push uh, heaven and earth to see that it happens because I don't want any con- controversial decisions. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rodney Berman there. Musa Mutlari sends me a tweet that he sent on Saturday night saying that uh, let's address this robbery at Emperor's Palace. And uh, also um, King Abel says, why is it difficult for Boxing SA to take a deep look into this match? Uh, Kayeli says, I applaud Tabisom Kunu for taking this uh, like a man here. It looks like he was uh, clearly uh, robbed and there are just so many comments. And uh, someone is saying the rock mustn't lose hope. He did fantastically well and he is a boxing champion in our eyes yeah i think we're opening a can of worms here uh, with boxing and i think we'll have another we'll have another boxing conversation again on friday we're going to actually speak to colin nathan he signed the golden boy and we want to find out more about that one on friday we're hoping to speak to colin tonight but he wasn't available to speak to us so he'll speak to us later in the week but that's it that's our time ashraf gada is up next with the viewpoint thank you luyolo and babalo and on social media and news is up next